and a kind new rank in the garbage witch for the world and share it with you. Episode. might be a little sadder than regular podcasts, although I feel like every podcast is sad now because we're apart. Yeah. So, uh, this most recent podcast is going to talk about uh, where to go on vacation (laughs) when you haven't seen each other in two months. Mm -hmm. Where not to go? Where not to go. Fair. Totally fair. Uh, So... Our last podcast was in Vancouver, BC. Highly recommend that for a vacation, unless you uh, go to the same haircut place that I did and you get a terrible haircut. Um, but other than that, it was a great vacation. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Had a full downstairs area of a bed and breakfast. It was like Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb. There I was mean, no breakfast to be found in that no. place. No. But it, it was wonderful. It was, like, really centrally located, and it was uh, the guy who looked after it. He was nice. Yeah. And he had a friendly dog. It was cool. Um, so uh, the Garbage Witch and I have been apart. We drove across the country, if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, in July. And we I arrived in Canada in July, and I've been doing some stuff. Which is exciting, mm-hmm. since we saw each other in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> the garbage witch isn't as excited as I am about it because they're still here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, uh, I found a venue for our cafe, art shop, performance space, gathering place for outsiders and weirdos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get the keys on December the first. Today is October something. It is October something. You don't say October something. It's like probably three weeks from Halloween, right? I think so, yeah. Or two weeks from Halloween? It's probably October 16th. Is it October 16th? Probably. We're just driving out of Portland right now, passing the Eat Now at Hooters sign. It says it's 1 o'clock. Yeah. I don't think I've ever eaten at Hooters. I haven't. I imagine it being a nightmare place. Right. I mean, ah, there's glass all over the road. Um, That's how I imagined Hooters, too. (laughs) Just glass on the floors. Right. Screaming. The the whole concept of it is a little worrisome. Uh, But I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) So so our venue and shop uh, is we intend to open it in May. Of 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called 
Ephemeroptera. Do I want to say it again? Ephemeroptera. For the people in the back. <laughs> uh, Ephemeroptera, it's a word that we came across. I can't remember exactly why we came across it. Was it that we were looking up mayflies? Maybe. I don't know. It was just... We have um, text documents on my phone. Just random stray thoughts and ideas and words. A lot of them are names for things that eventually we want to have. Yeah. <laughs> or things in, in the movie that we're writing. Because it was... There were other candidate names before. Right. We did have other candidate names. And there was one, and it was... I was really settled on it, and then something happened, which I'm not going to talk about because it makes me sad. And uh, we decided not to go with that name. But then I asked the Garbage Witch for access because they have our sort of united memory of weird things that we've thought of in their phone. Yeah, that was among them. Yeah. And it was almost exactly perfect. Almost exactly perfect. (laughs) Which is how I like to roll. Yeah. it like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, there are in so many cultures, like, this too shall pass from, like, the Judaic Judaic tradition, um, nothing matters (laughs) from the nihilist (laughs) tradition, right? That, That things, nothing is forever. Yeah. But because of that, you can either choose to, you know, be a fatalist and be a jerk about things. Not that all fatalists are jerks, but the people who subscribe to the fact that nothing you do matters, and so so might as well just not do anything at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Coming from the tradition of 
they can do what they want. Yeah, it doesn't can, matter. Right, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But instead of like not doing anything with my life, I've decided to create art spaces and places for people to connect if they should want to. I think Ephemeropter sounds like a spirit dinosaur. <laughs> totally like a spirit or a, dinosaur. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ghostly, otherworldly dinosaur. Right. And it also has a, a tie to the fact that the building that I'm renting is owned by a family of, of Greek people, and Ephemeroptera is a Greek word. Oh, yeah. And so it's like a sort of um, homage to them for letting me rent their building. And also brother who was adopted by Greek folks as well and uh, yeah so it's the mayfly it's about temporariness it's about just the temporary beauty of life so we're sort of in the middle of like trying to figure out what that is going to look like on the inside yeah because we don't have a concrete idea of what the inside (laughs) dimensions are or no <laughs> because I mean I've been in that that space when, oh yeah have you been in the, the thing it was before yeah it, I, I, I went into that place and I bought a sandwich yeah yes so I but they're taking everything out they're like removing all of the things up from the space that were there mm-hmm. so it'll just be an empty space that we get to create yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I was in a business class this past month. Uh, I was selected out of who knows how many candidates to take part in a uh, business plan boot camp that this woman, uh, Karen, invented. And there were 13 of us, which is one of my favorite lucky numbers. And we went through the steps of kind of getting to know each other and finding out what sort of businesses we all had intended to run and it was really helpful and also it built like this small community of 13 really passionate entrepreneurs and we were technically supposed to be competing for $5,000 in grant money but uh, about a week ago I sent them a message and said I would rather that my one of my cohort members gets the $5,000. I don't want to compete with them. I think I got what I needed out of the business course already. And I'm also really intending to start this business without the $5,000. And I don't like... It was also very narrow use. Right, exactly. Yeah. And timetable. And the timetable is really short and you need to use it for marketing or... uh, tools and our business is going to be a little bit larger than the rest of the businesses like they were all pretty much home-based businesses uh, really cool ones or uh, one person like sole proprietorships and ours is going to be a corporation only because that way we're protected from I don't know the things that happen bankruptcy yeah (laughs) just in case Uh, and the intention is to run this venue shop art cafe space gathering place for weirdos (laughs) Uh, for five years so that it's also ephemeral yeah so that you support it 
also asked for other. And I, I don't think that I have that in me. I, I'm not a forever person. Yeah. Like, they don't, first of all, last forever. I mean, some do. Because McDonald's has been around for a long, long, long time. But yeah. I don't, I don't want this to be like a, I'm, what is it called? The chain reaction thing. Um. Franchising. Oh, that. Like, I don't want it to be a franchise. I want it to be like a weird, special place that people can come visit. system. Right. I lost points, a whole lot of points for that. And um, the, it's hard to acquire points for, for the immigration point system. Right. Um, Especially quickly. You can't amass them quickly. Yeah. Then the alternatives also just cost a lot of money being a student or whatever. Right, exactly. And then there's uh, the potential of uh, me getting divorced and then marrying you or uh, using our common law status because we lived together for two and a half years in yeah. Seattle. And that is also frustrating because it's so archaic. Yeah. structure to um, limit the abilities of women to have their own lives. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it seems like an arbitrary thing to attach to immigration. Right. I mean, it makes sense that you would want to live with the people that you love. That makes a lot of sense. But the whole idea that, I guess it's the commitment aspect. I guess so. I mean... But nations are just arbitrarily 
drawn lines already. I wonder if marriage is the most broken and ended contract in the, in the world, though. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. Yeah, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Like, people probably use the same bank for longer than they stay married. Oh, dark. The yeah. average witch dark. <laughs> or, like, keep the same auto insurance for longer. Right. I've been married for 11 years, almost, I think. Yeah. That's a significant chunk of time. I think that's way higher than average. Right. Yeah, and me and, and um, my children's father have been, like, rom- we were romantically involved from, like, 2004 to 2013. Mm-hmm. So that's also a significant amount of time. And yeah. we've been uh, raising our kids non-romantically for another five years. So it's, like, almost 16 years. That's a really long time to, to have a, an arrangement, a contract. And we are intending to have houses built next door to each other. Yeah. So, and we really like each other. Yeah. And we like our kids. And it's kind of cool that I can be in love with you and then also raise my children uninhibited with three parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without a hate-based system. Which yeah. people seem to really... I mean, not recently. I've been talking to a lot of people, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't... At least I've never heard of you ever encountering anyone who's, like, opposed to the notion. Right, not if you explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because it's healthier for the kids, I think, to have people who love them and who also can interact on a kindness basis. And, like, work together their best interests and all of our best interests mm-hmm. yeah so um, the being apart how is the being apart for you from us like the, the, our romantic interact and friendship being apart how is it yeah pretty bad <laughs> but you've done a lot of things in Seattle though right since I left like things that maybe you wouldn't have done I guess so. It all feels numb, though. Like, I feel like I'm in stasis. Right, yeah, I feel sort of, I mean, I'm doing all this stuff, but it feels like I can't move forward, forward. Mm-hmm. Because we want to do all this stuff together. Yeah. And that we're going to run a business together, and, and... Yeah. Like, people are always, like, romanticizing being apart. <laughs> they do? Yeah, like, uh... Oh, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the, the like, the saying? Yeah. The heart grows fonder yeah. through absence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, those, that's def- not the case. Right. I'm already pretty much as fond of you as I can be. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels really heartbreaking that a country can keep us and children away from you. Yeah. Because of the arbitrary, like, marriage status thing, and the, you don't have a job in Canada, and you don't have a degree. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't take back falling in love with you. No. 
could travel the way that a Canadian does, but because I still have access to a green card, uh, the, I mean, I, I imagine it's a hard job. I want to give that person the benefit of the doubt that it's difficult and that people are probably more argumentative there than they are anywhere else. Uh, but the customs individual at the U.S. gate when I was coming in uh, was like, you have to have this, you have to apply to come in. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just going on vacation. And he was like, yeah, but you are a green card holder, so technically you're a permanent resident of the United States of America. And I was like, why do I have to apply? He's like, don't ask why, this is just how it is. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. It's really scary to think that we can't just travel freely anymore. And it feels, you can kind of feel, feel the, the, the structure that's changed permeating everything. Uh, yeah, the lawyer I talked, the immigration lawyer I talked to said that um, with the U.S., getting more stringent and um, brutal with their immigration policies that um, right. Canada and all the other countries are reciprocating. Exactly, and then it's like uh, like Romeo and Juliet. Like our parents are fighting. Yeah. And that we have nothing to do with that. Yeah. Like that it's Canada and the U.S. are not on good terms and so it's gross to go back and forth. There's no other way for us to see each other. Yeah. Um, like, there needs to be, like, just a, a bubble around the border. A bubble? Yeah, like a, like a neutral space. Like a DMC? A DMC? What's that? Uh, the demilitarized zone? Like in oh. Korea's? Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like a space where, like, people who love each other can come and then you're neither in Canada nor the U.S. Just yeah. a special place. Like a neutral territory so that we didn't have to go back and forth. Like, I don't, I just want to see you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to have to deal with, like, going in and out of a country that doesn't want me.
set up to make all of us not succeed and hurt each other all the time. Just messed up. Yeah. Um, but he was very thoughtful and he thanked me for talking to him openly and honestly. He didn't make me feel guilty. It was really, really kind. He was very kind. Um, I did. I felt safe sitting next to him and uh, it's sad that I have to say that. Yeah. But um, there was a space between us and so we weren't sitting right next to each other and he kind of like made it that sort of like that neutral space. You know what I mean? That it was a safe place in between us and when I fell asleep I didn't feel odd. When he fell asleep he didn't feel odd. It was really nice to have that sort of safety zone. Yeah. So that was good. But by the time I got to Seattle for your birthday I was exhausted. Yeah. And I think we went for dumplings. Yeah, what happened on that day? We went uh, for dumplings. Where? At Din Tai Fung. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is a delicious dumpling place. It's just like a, a warehouse factory of dumplings. Yeah. And people look through the window and people are making dumplings at a very rapid pace. Uh, and um, they're wonderful and delicious. But it's almost always so packed that you can't get in. But we went there and then we went back to your place. And I think I fell asleep almost immediately. I believe so, yeah. Uh-huh. Even though it was like 9.30. Yeah. For you, 12.30. Right. For me, it was like past midnight. But And then the next morning, we were... we You had considered going to Bellingham, which is a place oh, yeah. that we really love. Yeah. Why didn't we? I don't remember. Uh, there's no soap store there anymore. We'd already done it a bunch of times. Yeah, true. I think we'd kind of really exhausted Bellingham. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we we didn't didn't have any plans. We changed our mind. <laughs> like, yeah. while driving. Yeah, we were like, let's go to Portland, because Portland is one of our fun places that we would go. We went for my birthday years ago and it was magical right, right after we met remember? Yeah. we met in May 2016 and then my birthday's in June and we had I think one of my very favorite vacations ever it was ridiculous it was so wonderful Yeah. <laughs> and then so I was like let's go to Portland and then on the way to Portland I don't know maybe I sensed that it wasn't going to be magical oh I remember yeah. we went to Portland because I was just looking at what was going on in places. Oh, yeah. There was a night market. There was a night market. Which and we like markets and we like night. Yeah, the phrase night market sounds enticing and, and mysterious. Yeah. yeah, totally. So, but um, it was happening two days. So we thought when we were driving, we were looking up different places we could stay, and there was not a lot of places in Portland to stay that would be like interesting. Yeah, as we were driving to Portland, <laughs> trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Where where we were going to stay and yeah. then thought we could stay in a small town outside of Portland right, totally. we were looking for small towns outside of Portland mm-hmm. we looked through lists yeah. that are designed for the bourgeoisie the, the bourgeoisie yeah. yes which we are I don't think we're the bourgeoisie it was like where you can hike and drink wine oh yeah we, we don't do either really I like walking in the forest but yeah. as soon as you call it hiking I lose my interest for it I'm pro other people I'm pro other people who drink wine, but it's just not us. I can only, I only lurk in wood in the woods. You do not lurk in the woods. And wander. 
Um, but hiking is so good. Yeah. So, uh, I think about an hour into our trip to Portland, it was really like, there was a lot of traffic and slow and down, and then we decided to go to Astoria. Yeah. I think, was there some other place we were going to go before that? Vancouver, Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Astoria, I is close to my heart because I love the movie Goonies. I recently encouraged my children to watch it. I didn't realize how the culture of 80s children are very, like, foul-mouthed <laughs> and uh, obsessed with dating. Oh, really? 80s culture? Yeah. So the Goonies, it's a magical movie about this group of kids their house is going to be torn down to sort of like make way for rich people to live there. Oh. Yeah. And that's the sort of undercurrent of it. And then um, the they, their parents are away for the day. And um, there's this gang in town that just murdered someone or something. And you know, hijinks ensue and danger. And they're looking for a treasure. So, uh-huh. all of the kids' houses are getting Yeah, I think they live in the same neighborhood. Oh. Yeah. They're, like, in a lower-rent neighborhood. Yeah. And they're gonna, they're trying to buy these houses from the people, and the people don't want to move because there's no place for them. Oh. Yeah. And so, these kids go on a magical adventure to find the treasure so they can make enough money to keep their houses, which is kind of a sad thing. Yeah, I had no idea that's what it was about. Yeah, and so they go, and then they meet the the bad gang of people, and they also meet the, these pirates that are dead, and they end up on a on this magical, like weird treasure map hunt, and lots of booby traps. It's a really good movie. I liked it a lot when I was a kid, and my kids liked it a lot. And so we went to Astoria, which is where it was filmed. We didn't actually do any Goonies-related stuff, though. No, I didn't. I've never seen it, obviously. And I didn't notice any Goonie things going on in the town. Right, and I mean, it's like how many years later? 40 years later or something like that? Yeah. Maybe 30? I don't know. But, um, but we did check out the, the downtown a nice small downtown. We went for um, a meal. I had a, a bagel with smoked salmon lots. It was really good. <laughs> and I think the smoked salmon was made in town. I don't remember where that was. What was it called? 14th Street Diner or something like that. What did it look like? <laughs> um, you would walk in the door and then there's a long bar there was a person with a t-shirt that said oh yeah now I remember all of it hex the patriarchy I knew you would as soon as I mentioned the person we, there was a, a person sitting on, on a chair near us and their shirt said hex the patriarchy and the garbage witch leaned over and said I really kind of want to tell that person that, that I love their shirt and uh, it's it's odd it's, our, it's odd to be able to approach a person and say something like that yeah um, so when the garbage witch went to the bathroom I just kind of, because we had been sitting next to them, and they looked, 
very queer and queer friendly mm-hmm. and there was like a mom with them there was two young people and I just said would you mind if I asked you where you got your shirt and the person was so excited to talk about it and then they gave me the Instagram of the person who made the shirt and we had a nice conversation and then I talked the interesting thing about opening a venue cafe art shop is that you have something to talk about with people immediately yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, we're thinking of getting, you know, different clothes in, and hex the patriarchy is right up our alley. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where we were. That's where we yeah. ate. Yeah. And it was a really nice little place. They're very kind and friendly. Yeah. And sort of walked us through their their process, which is like you order at the counter, find yourself a table, and and the, the drinks get called out up your drink and then they bring you the food and that I think when someone's willing to explain the process of like a place of an eatery to me I feel much less anxious because if I don't know what's happening uh, I feel like uh, unwelcome which is another thing about our venue is that I want (laughs) when people walk in the door to know exactly what to do yeah. Like an intentional space thing. Like, that you just walk in and you're like, oh, if I want coffee, I go to the left. If I want to check out art, I go to the right. I don't know why. And then if I want to go to the venue, I, I go walk through the back. That there's, like, it's clear. And if it's not clear to you that there's someone who's so friendly and so welcoming and can see that you need a little help, and they'll help you. Yeah. Um, so that's, I felt very helped at uh, 14th Street diner place in Astoria. Before that, we went to the hotel. Oh, yeah. We had the most magnificent view. Yeah. Do you want to describe the view? Um, there is a bridge. It's a green bridge. Oh, what about driving there, though? Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, we have to back up driving to Astoria the, the, the quality light. of lights yeah the light underwent some weird phenomenon um, and you saw one of those clouds yeah there was a strange soft light as if it was deliberately um, it was like arranged. driving in a, pan- a painting it was yeah <laughs> it was so weird I've never seen anything like that before no me neither and, and at some point seemed as if we were driving through a cloud. Yeah, we were definitely driving through a cloud. But I've driven in the mountains, and I've driven through clouds before, and this had a different effect. It was like being in a fairy painting. F-A-E-R-I-E. Fairy. Like, hardcore fairy painting. Yeah. And then... You know how in some... In older movies, they would have matte painting backgrounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, like, a miniature set? Totally. And if it were... fantasy based thing it would have that soft white lighting where everything takes on a little bit of a pastel bleached out quality yes that was what the light was doing to reality right it was so weird yeah yeah we kept on remarking on it and then you saw the iridescent cloud yeah which is an actual cloud thing that you researched the other yeah like a couple weeks ago uh-huh. we discovered iridescent clouds because you're right now obsessed with iridescence. 
and always. Always, but. But I'm permitting it to take over my actions at the grocery store. <laughs> the garbage witch has iridescent scissors, an iridescent tape dis dispenser, iridescent cup. Um, and then wherever I am and I see something iridescent, I take a picture of it for them. Yeah. S stapler, too. Yeah, stapler. Oh, yeah, that stapler is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about iridescence that's just innately magical. Uh, it's also my friend Casey's favorite word, one of them. And so, I don't know, iridescence, yeah. And the cloud iridescence, it's not, um, it's not iridescent in the way that, like, a material usually is. It's more rainbowy. It's right. like full spectrum iridescence, but not, uh, like, when you see iridescence used for an artistic purpose or in a product or something, it's often shifting between a few colors right. in a, in a rotation. Mm -hmm. So, like, as you rotate something, um, you'll slowly pass through, like, a blue to a pink to a whatever. Yellow. Yeah. yeah. But the rainbows, Silver. the color spectrum is spread out through the cloud, yeah. but so still shimmering. Shift, yeah. Yeah. But it changes the color depending. And then, like, yeah. And there's, there's a, like, a weird rippling effect um, in the cloud. It was very strange. I only saw it out of the periphery of my vision, which makes me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the problem with being the driver, I think, is that you don't get to focus on all the things that you would like to focus on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that happened. So we felt like we were already driving into like a magical place. Yeah. And then we arrived and uh, we stayed at the Holiday Inn Express, which normally, yeah, it's a good hotel. It's not particularly stunning, but when we got into the room, realizing saw um, the bridge. The bridge was like right over our room. Yeah, it's a giant steel, bridge. Steel, I think, steel bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like one of, like, if you ever see it, have you ever seen a train bridge? Oh, uh, yeah. It looked like a giant train bridge, but for cars. And it looked, and it was going all the way across to another, like, part of the island. But it was so long. Yeah. Giant like, in the sense that it was long. It was giant. It was Relatively reasonable height, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was significant. It was higher off of the ground than usual. Yeah. Like it was a majestic bridge, and we didn't actually get to go on it. Yeah. But we got to sleep under it almost. Yeah. And then we got to see the tiny spark of the sunset, which is like a red, thin line between the clouds and the ocean. Yeah, it created a strip of glowing red. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then we fell asleep there that night. Oh. And beneath the bridge was the train, or trolley tracks. The trolley tracks and, like, the interesting, like, wood that's sticking out of the, yeah. the water, I think, we, that must be, have been for, like, old ships to, to dock. Yeah, I don't know if, like, it's something you tie to, or if there used to be a dock there that got taken off. Right. I think it's, it's iconic posts. though because there was a big photograph of, of that exact spot yeah. uh, in Portland on a window of a photo store, which is funny because we had just stayed there and I was like, that's Astoria. That's so weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, 
the story was beautiful. Yeah. And then we watched a show. Oh, right. What on was Netflix. it called? I think it's The Curious Creations of Christine McDowell or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was so excited to watch it. I, I occasionally... Uh, occasionally... Sorry, there are 42s in our pack. So. One on the clock and one on an exit. Exactly the same moment. Uh, if anyone has listened to this podcast, you probably have heard me talk about 42 and that sort of magic. Mm. Weird. But yeah, it's 142 and the exit is also 42. So Matt, the garbage witch was just pointing it out. And it's very hard for me to keep my train of thought. Show. Show. So this show... Uh, Facebook advertised it to me and it looked so cool. It's puppets, it's dark baking, <laughs> witchery, like magic, um, the curious creations of Christine, something or other. And we watched it. I don't know, I think I, I'm nostalgifying it already. Oh, yeah? Be- yeah, because it was so bad, it was good almost. And maybe you're not there yet. But, uh, so it's this woman who lives in this very scary house and she has a uh, hairless cat that is mummified and brought back to life uh, from the Egyptian times. He's a pharaoh's cat apparently and he's just a smarmy jerk. And then there is a raccoon in a dress who has also been sort of re-sewn back together. After being crushed in After a garbage truck. After being crushed truck. in a garbage truck, yeah. And so, but, and the cat and the raccoon do not like each other at all, but they have sort of like a curmudgeonly grumpy old men uh, friendship, yeah. it seems. And then Christine is, I would say, like Snow White slash YouTube explainer, yeah. yeah, slash. I don't know. It's just like she's been dropped out of some sort of ebook into this Edward Scissorhandsian Tim Burton environment. And she's kind and thoughtful. Some sort of werewolfian creature shows up at some point she gives it a room and the other two uh, revenant animals uh, are planning a murder plot or something. It's just it's 24 minutes of like what is happening to my life right now Uh, and then she like explains how to bake these creations so she's making a or it goes through what it would be like if someone explained it. Right, totally. It's like yeah, it's not really a baking show a puppet show. It's it's like someone a pretending. Someone had to make an example of what a baking and puppet show might look like. Yeah, totally. Maybe it's just because it was the pilot. Maybe. But she made an edible bone. Oh right, out of white chocolate. And white chocolate, yeah. Pretzels and pretzels. Yes, and sculpting material, and it just and then she would flatten it with the back of her nail and I'm like I don't want to eat that anymore Christine yeah. <laughs> I'm like are we actually eating that and she would just feed it to the 
puppets. Like, she did eat it at one point. She also made this giant monster house. Oh, yeah. That would have taken, like, eight days to complete. I don't know. It, it, there was no way that she made that monster house. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. And then it collapsed, and then she made another one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I recommend podcast listeners that you watch it and then email us at hoursunknown at gmail.com because I want to know what your feelings are on it. Mm-hmm. It, like, I'm, I think I might, I think I might like it, <laughs> even though I really didn't. I just was, it wasn't what I was expecting. <gasps> oh, I just had a teachable moment with my child the other day because I brought home 20 chocolate Timbits, which is a popular dish in Canada, donut holes. And he woke up in the morning and I said, I brought you home chocolate Timbits, or I didn't say chocolate Timbits, I brought you home Timbits last night so you could have them for breakfast because apparently donuts are a breakfast dish. And he went downstairs and he opened the box of Timbits and immediately started wailing, like crying like his heart had been broken. And I went down and I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, you didn't get any crueler Timbits. And a crueler, a honey crueler is like a light, fluffy, airy, egg-based donut. It's not even a donut. It's more than a donut. It's beautiful. It's like eating a cloud. And because he likes those ones. But I hadn't said that they would be there. But I think because normally I get him crueler Timbits that he just assumed. And then we had a really, really, like, early morning discussion about expectations. And how having expectations can ruin something for you that's perfectly wonderful. Like chocolate Timbits. Yeah. Right? And I had had, I think, so many expectations about the curious creations of Christine. Right? I just, I thought it was going to be something different. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know how before the trailers in a movie at a theater, they'll show ads and sometimes they'll show little segments yeah. of like, um, there's a person in particular, Maria Menounos, I think yes, was the Menuno. name. Menuno. Maria Menuno. Yeah. And they'll have people who act in the same way. They're presenting something or introducing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Movie, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The show felt like those <laughs> interluding oh, right. introductory segments. It definitely did. Yeah. Where you're like, this movie is going to be good. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, but you're actually doing the show right now. <laughs> like you're in the show. Yeah. And you dropped her in 
uh, a horror film, but she was pretending that everything was normal. But the puppet parts were so juvenile, not even juvenile, like just dissonant, toddlery. Yeah. Well, except for that they're like angry toddler because yeah. they don't they swear. They so. swear, they talk about murder. It's a lot of death threats and Lots stuff. Lots of death threats, yeah. It's, they're like uh, that sock. Remember that insult sock? Insult dog? I don't know. Oh, Triumph yeah. insult comic? Yeah. Kind of, except like more infantile. We're also talking about a pilot, I guess. Right, exactly. Well, and that's it. And we, like, I, I want to know the backstory of how that that show was made. Yeah, like, does the host make those things? How, what is their connection to puppets? Was it just a random puppet company that was, like, scouting for bakers? Right, how or did, did she happen? have a YouTube channel where she made uh, scary baked goods? Yeah, that's what I imagine probably happened. Right. And if we were more thoughtful about things, we would have researched this for you. But yep. I I kind of like uh, having to think about things. Yeah. As opposed to just knowing the answer. Yeah. So we went to Astoria. We saw a beautiful view. We watched that TV show fell asleep woke up the next day and we decided instead of going to Pig and Pancake, which we had thought we might go to, we went to the 14th Street Diner because it seemed more local and less for tourists. And we walked down that street and we met such wonderful business owners. And every single window in Astoria on this main street had some incredible window display for Halloween. Yeah. It was magic. <laughs> Skeletons and pumpkins and witches and steampunk cats. Yeah. They were all playing songs that I've looped endlessly before. Yeah, that was bizarre. Bare necessities. Bare necessities, yeah. That Mr. Big Stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each each the music of the, the place, you know sometimes it just seems like people are playing like the radio. It wasn't like that. Every single shop had sort of its own very meticulously created environment. Yeah. From the music to the placement of the goods to the, the shopkeeper. Um, we met this man named David. He owned his own place. It started with an F. It, yeah. it was really, really cool. I forgot what it was called. It's was it like Flipper? No. <laughs> something? Fruffles or Fruffle, yeah, I think that was something. it. Um, and he was just so welcoming. And uh, he showed us a few things that we might be interested in and that he seemed very excited about. Like that he was legitimately excited about the tea thing or the 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 chopper. He was like, Do you cook? And then showed us a bunch of strange gadgets. Yeah. And then I found one of those old school egg beaters where you it's a crank it's a crank yeah and it's beautiful and that's what I ended up buying in Astoria for myself was this egg beater because yeah from David's store and then he gave us some great ideas 
this bond, this innate bond, that we're not, I'm not competing with David from Almont, Ontario, right? So he's just like, here's some great ideas. Here's for Christmas, here's for Thanksgiving. Like, you know what I mean? He just went out of his way to suggest brilliant ideas because he himself is doing it. And then we met a woman, (laughs) her name is Cindy, and she ran a paper shop. we carry this one item which is like these tiny diamond dots yeah there's like wax that adheres little diamonds to a picture right and in different colors you arrange them in the shape of an image that's already um yeah it's it's like uh i think remember when they used to put on jean jackets like those diamonds Jeweling or whatever. The jeweling. It's yeah. like the jeweling, but like a, a painting that you, you just tiny little wand, you dip it in the wax, you dip it with the diamond, you put it exactly on like a paint by numbers thing, but it's so little. Yeah. And there were like, there was a giant snowman one, and I was drawn to it immediately because my littlest child was obsessed with snowmen. And uh, she was like, yeah, no, no, there's starter packs. So I bought three starter packs. And then she suggested for our, our shop that we should bring them in. And she had a table in the back where you could, like, do it. She had crafting nights. And we intend to have crafting space. Mm-hmm. Sort of available at all times. You come in, you buy something to craft with, and you could just craft right then and there. So that you have a reason to, like, sit with your coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. I, I mean, I've been to pop-up crafting events held in cafes, but I don't think that the cafe itself has offered it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. And then she was also just so willing to share like her thoughts on like how to run a business in a small town. And we were on the same wavelength where it's like, I don't want to compete with any of the people in my small town. I just want to compliment C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T as well as say nice things but compliment all the, the places on the street so that I'm not taking business from them but instead cooperating and building a town that's exciting to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Astoria felt exciting to visit. Yeah. What was your favorite place? Expensive, everything in Astoria. Yeah, it was it definitely, and because there was no tax, it seemed even more inexpensive. <gasps> there was also the art gallery. Oh yeah. The um. They had lots of. Oh yeah, in the in the display window, there was some kind of mechanical fish. Right, that's what drew us in. It was a found material mechanical fish, and it was kind of spinning it. Yeah, and it was animate. It was like an automaton. Mm-hmm. It would move back and forth, um, right. opening <laughs> its mouth. And we had to go in because you couldn't get the video yeah, of it to the glare. Yeah, you wanted video, but the, yeah. there was too much glare on the window outside. Totally. And then... There was a card immediately. It was 
evident that it was like a local place, like that all the art in there was locally made. Yeah, exactly. And it was giant. It was like room after room, really cool, weird art. They had more space. There looked like there was an upstairs mm-hmm. um, that was blocked off, and there was another room blocked off with curtains. Yeah, it was a magnificent art gallery. And like, there was so many things that I was interested in. And there were like small shows all over the place. And there was a curtain space that I was really curious about, but it was obviously blocked off for a reason. And uh, I picked up a card and the woman who was on duty, she's in her 70s, she was on the phone talking to, I guess, the owner. And she gave me like a very friendly, like one minute finger. And then when she saw the card that I chose, she was like, ah! She was obviously excited about that I'd chosen this card because it was like a local artist had done this card. And uh, she eventually got off the phone and went, oh, she was like, hey, are you going to be here tonight? Yeah. Because they were opening a show. That was the Behind the Curtains show. Yeah, was it, that was like the first thing they said to us, right? Yeah. I think she was so excited about that show. Yeah. Like, uh, she was so excited about the show that she was like, if you're not going to be here tonight, how about I give you a sneak peek? <laughs> it was so cool. And it went back, and it was this wood um, screen printing art by these two women who have been doing art forever, and it was so bright, and there was a sort of, like, hanging chimes screen printed uh, art in the middle, and then the small room enclosed space with their art all over the walls and she was just like stay in here and enjoy it and just said you know don't go down that way because you might break the display <laughs> yeah yeah that was strange it was i was just so welcoming like that she could see that we loved art yeah and that we were excited about it and she had owned her own art galleries her entire life right mm-hmm. yeah which was really cool and then now she just started painting and she's looking for a space that she can rent in the forest so she can just paint and that like the idea of being able to support people we just saw there's like weird metal metal structures that we see every time and every time we see them it's sort of magnificent there's like a giant uh, they're like wireframe orbs held on thick posts they're like four stories high. Yeah. One of his one of them is a diamond wireframe shape. They're all rusted metal. Right, they're right near exit sixty three on the way from Portland to Seattle. Yeah. You can go check them out. Um, but I'm not sure why they're there. There's also a giant weather vane with an American flag in it each. Yeah. Which I'll never understand. <laughs> but yeah. In Las Vegas they have a neon sign graveyard. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look like those things. Disused signs from the 60s. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of public art. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Astoria was really magical. It felt like Boulder. It felt like, it felt like it had its own sort of community of people who supported local. Like every shop on there, it didn't feel like people were just buying things from all over the place. It felt like that whole street was full of like local art and local books and local hats and did, yeah. So that was really cool. And that's sort of what I want our shop to be. It's, it's hyper-local and, like, weird stuff from around the Ottawa Valley and region, like, Ontario and Canada, I guess. 
from like the Ottawa Valley or Lanark County and you make weird arts like you started making things out of beeswax and now you can't stop <laughs> and you need to take a few four or five of them someplace else so that you have space to make more you could bring them to our shop conceivably yeah uh-huh so uh yeah Astoria was beautiful and I kind of wish that we'd spent both days there yeah after that we drove to Portland I think I described it as like going to a town 20 years into the future after an economic collapse. Yeah, it did feel, well, especially because I love Portland so much and it was always my like sort of safe haven. Um, like when I needed a friendly vacation, because Seattle's not known for being particularly friendly. It's like a reticent beautiful kind of place where people have moved there because they like the quiet and anonymity and the being away from people like it, it that there was an osmosis between Portland and Seattle and Portland got the friendly weirdos and Seattle got the uh, slightly more introverted humans who were like I just want to be left alone most of the time and when they go out, they're wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, they prefer to, to not be bothered by another human. And Portland are like the golden retrievers of, uh, at least they used to be, where like I could be walking down uh, any street and someone would high five me. Like that actually happened in downtown Portland, where a guy just raised his hand and was like high five, and I was like high five. Uh, in Portland, I was invited to play a dice game on the side of a building and it wasn't scary <laughs> and they even gave me money to play it and I won and they were like here's the money and like it, that's the kind of place right <laughs> that's a real thing that happened to me in Portland um it just people would smile at you in the streets and it just feels like all of the magic has been sucked out of it and maybe it was just a bad weekend for Portland maybe I don't know it was it was a beautiful day when we got there it was gorgeous went to this candy store that's my favorite candy store probably in the world candy babel and i was looking because it's almost halloween and she carries these witch's fingers that are very delicious that i like wait all year one year she gave me a package when i walked in like she had put one aside for me and gave it to me and she's an incredible just wonderful weirdo shop owner and when we walked in her staff barely even looked up and almost all the jars were empty. Yeah. Like there wasn't Halloween candy. There was like two kinds of candy corn and some black licorice and that's it. And even those are nearly empty for empty jars. Right, yeah. And it said on the outside, new candy coming soon. But we driven all the way from Astoria to this candy shop and it wasn't. Yeah. And then I looked on there website but it hadn't been updated since 2017 and I looked on the Facebook page yeah it said big news coming next week and, and that post was, was two weeks, two weeks ago. ago yeah yeah it's sad because I love 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 that shop and then usually I'm like all about northeast Alberta like the arts district and I was really excited to go down to all of my favorite shops and uh, I was slowed down to um, park I pressed my brake three times I had my signal on and there 
there was a person driving behind me and they weren't slowing down and then they had to swerve around me because they weren't paying attention and then they had two women in the car just looked at me like it was my fault and I'm like this that's not a Portland thing to do yeah like that street usually people stop for pedestrians no matter where they are like you slow down on that street and this car just nearly hit me and I already was feeling a little bit sad because of the candy bagel thing and then I decided not to get out and check out my favorite shop and we just drove past all and it just looked like also the quality of light was grayer mm. yeah but it was bright too bright too bright and also gray right a bright gray like it just I don't know no one seemed friendly the way that they used to seem friendly and I wonder if it's the political atmosphere that is weighing on everybody maybe I don't know so um, because two years into this government is a long time for people Also, the fact that they made a 
like put a point on the drinking mm-hmm. made it feel like a drinking event an event at which drinking is the point right yeah totally fair it's, it's, and I think that that attracted people who were into that idea right like it's an Oktoberfest for arts yeah because every there was a lot of just people drunk and beer. loud people yeah yeah we, I found one tiny space in the back corner of the warehouse where there was a woman selling her mugs and I was just drawn to her because there was no one at her booth yeah and it was a little bit like say a house set back from the road like there was enough space that you could go into her little vending spot and like not feel like a part of the chaos mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was just it was like a person who just found a lifeboat I just like went in there and I was I wanted to buy something from her immediately because I was just like thank you for letting me be in your space and I found a pink iridescent mug yeah for the garbage bitch and I bought it immediately and just gave it to them happy birthday here's a mug that reminds us of the chaos of the night market in Portland yeah and how we survived yeah <laughs> we got out they're also blasting music that like had nothing to it yeah the kind of music you would play at, like, um, like if some characterless town had a, uh, like a spring festival <laughs> with free beer. Right, and I'm not saying that this isn't for everybody. Like, there is definitely a kind of person who probably was enjoying that Yeah. right? Just, it definitely, the Garbage Witch and I were not into it. And I think what I like about our partnership is that if we're not into something, we bail. Yeah. Like, that I don't feel like I have to stay someplace because we drove all the way to Portland for this night market. That we get to make our adventure. Yeah. And that expectation sometimes can, like, cause a significant amount of disappointment. But I don't think I was disappointed as much as surprised. Yeah, I don't eat the crueler, crueler donut. (laughs) <laughs> you you don't need there to be a cooler donut to enjoy yeah. the box of tidbits. Exactly. Yeah. No, well, and then I think that's what is so relaxing about traveling with you, is that you don't, even when you do have expectations, you are self-aware. Yeah. I think only ever once were you sad that something didn't happen. Yeah. Because you were like, it was our anniversary or something, uh-huh. and then I ended up, we did a show or something. Yeah. And you would just want to go walk. Make, trying to make up with somebody. Kind of thing. What? I don't want to divulge names or anything. I don't know. Someone is trying to make out with someone? No, no. Make up. Oh, make up with someone. Oh. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that after the podcast. You can remind me what happened that year. But um, for the most part, like, our whole relationship is built on, like, going places and being like, yep, no, not for us. And then finding ways to do something interesting with the time that we've gained from not wasting it on things that are not for us. Uh Which is so cool. Oh, I'm starting to get sad, garbage witch. Yeah. (laughs) 
we're 147 kilometers because my phone's in back into kilometers because Canada um, away from Seattle. My flight takes off at 10:35. I have to be at the airport around eight. Yeah. So we have six hours approximately until uh, we part ways. So. No, they were like, that eh, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, my eldest child was going to be Hermione, and my youngest child was going to be a pumpkin head. <laughs> no. So, uh, and then I don't know what I'm going to be. I was a wizard last year because it was so wizardry. Yeah. But um, I like a relaxed costume. Like, I'm not a cosplayer. I do appreciate a good cosplay, though. Um, but I, that's not me. I just really like taking my kids out and watching them get excited about going up to knock on people's doors because it's a thing you don't get to do. Yeah. It's one of those like the one holiday where like knocking on someone's door and seeing peeking inside to see what sort of life they live is totally reasonable. Hmm. Like there's no other holiday like that, right? Not really. Yeah. And Unless kid, you do caroling. listeners because everything is temporary uh <laughs> in 500 
Right, because even the bad things are temporary then, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, if everything were permanent, that sounds scary too. Yeah, totally. If you only could do the one thing over and over again for the rest of your life, that's terrifying. Okay. Neither one's true anyway. Some things are permanent. Continue on Some things aren't. <laughs> but also maybe everything is neither of those. We don't know a lot about the world yet. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode 14 of The Garbage Witch. That's not how it goes. The kind of rank in The Garbage Witch. Explore the world and share it with you. Uh, the next episode takes place in the Glebe in Ottawa. And it's only 20 minutes long. And it's like that tiny bit of time before I take The Garbage Witch to the airport. And seems like in this podcast we're always saying goodbye that's all